0: Three, two, one. What is up and what is good? It is Ryan Dreyer. It is Wednesday, March 16th, 2022. I am out on a walk with Jameson. I just wrapped up a swim, which was supposed to be 4,400 yards, pretty big one. But unfortunately my goggles snapped for the first time after 800. So I will be taking that 4,400, moving it to tomorrow. And one of the real nice benefits of Ironman training is that I already got in an 80-minute ride today, which was super solid. So not all progress is lost on the day. And now instead of an hour-long swim, it was a 12-minute swim. And now I have some time to walk the dog. Um, Yesterday, I dropped a podcast on switching from low-carb fueling over to high-carb fueling. And I gave a little bit of detail as to why I was low carb fueling, but I wanted to just expand on that a little bit more. We are crossing through an intersection here, so bear with me for a quick second. Thank you. Come on, Jameson. So yeah, I just wanted to take a few minutes here and just give a little bit more insight as to why I was low-carb fueling, what led me to it, and just give a little bit more insight as to why somebody might want to try it or just generally what the deal is with it. So the entire premise of low carb fueling for me really started with fasting. So I started intermittent fasting in 2015 or 16, 2016 I think. And I like immediately fell in love with it. Um, I struggled with my weight a lot as a kid and I kind of ballooned at the end of college. And I've always struggled with some eating habits Um, and the uh, whole idea of fasting and going periods of time without food was just like pretty mind blowing for me to start to incorporate that and start to feel like pretty immediate benefits of that. Um, I thought it was super, super powerful to kind of go from somebody who's like, oh my God, I got to have food all the time. Snack, 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 whatever to being like, okay, I can go hours and hours and hours without eating. So... I was pretty religiously on 12 to 8 intermittent fasting, um, eating only from noon to 8 p.m., having water, black coffee, tea in the hours outside of that. Um, I did play with a couple of like 72-hour fasts, 24-hour fasts, kind of taking it to a little bit of another level to give the body a full reset um, every here and there, but... The entire idea of the low-carb approach really starts with that, and the reason is that when you are intermittent fasting, you are basically training your body to learn to burn fat as fuel because you stop giving it carbs around the clock. So I guess just to understand that, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but the body basically has two different energy systems glucose fueling or free fatty acid fueling. Glucose fueling comes from carbohydrate intake, which is then stored within the body or entered basically right into the bloodstream. And whenever that is present, that is going to be the preferred source of fuel. But totally separately from that, the body is capable of running on fat as fuel with free fatty acids. So, you kind of think about like the average person they're basically giving themselves carbs or sugar literally around the clock. So the body really never has time to learn how to run on fat. Like a normal person who wakes up has sugar in their coffee, has some kind of carb breakfast, cereal, whatever, you know, then every couple hours they're having a snack or another meal all the way up through going to bed. It's like the body just doesn't really have any reason to not depend on that energy system. So when you start to incorporate fasting, you really just unlock a new way of your body starting to operate. And one of the reasons that people really like fat fueling and fasting is that it's very stable energy. Like when you take in sugar, especially like refined sugar and shitty sugary foods, like your blood sugar is spiking – then your insulin is kicking in and it's shooting it down and your body is doing its best to maintain a stable level of energy. But with those sporadic inputs, it's super hard. And when you're relying on fat as fuel and you're not giving your body inputs of carbs or sugar, which are both basically metabolized the exact same way in the body, your body can just relax a little bit and be a lot more stable. So I started to really like enjoy that and feel benefit from the fat fueling and because of that I wanted to leverage that ability within my training. So people always think like oh my god I need to eat before I go exercise whatever whatever I need to have food right after I exercise and like that's really not true. Like I know plenty of people who wake up at 4 or 5 a.m. and go lift insanely heavy and then don't end up eating until 11 AM or noon. Um, and even myself, like I have woken up trained extremely hard in the morning and not had anything to eat before, or then for multiple hours after. And if you think that you can't do that, you should just try it because you definitely can. And it doesn't really matter what kind of exercise you're doing, whether it's weightlifting, whether it's aerobic exercise, which is more like steady state exercise, low intensity cardio, or anaerobic exercise, which is like interval work or just high heart rate work um, that's more cardiovascular, Um, any of those things can ultimately work with fasting and with fat fueling. And the reason that some people prefer to go low carb, and this is really just some of the information that I was taking in that like kind of piqued my interest to it, was basically saying like, listen, your body can run on an alternative energy source that most people don't have. So most people need a huge carb breakfast or they need to carbo load the night before and they need to have shit all the time when they're training because that's the type of energy that their body is used to. Whereas if you are somebody who's fasting, all of a sudden, like you have a different option. And... That was just really interesting to me, and I wasn't really interested in giving up fasting because I had seen and felt so many benefits from like a lifestyle standpoint. I had really enjoyed it. I didn't think it was hard at all, and I did not want to all of a sudden then like start training and completely change how I was fueling my body. So that was really like the foundation of it, um, and then I guess like to take it to another level. So a lot of times like low carb athletes will basically train without carbohydrate intake or with extremely low carbohydrate intake and then they will loop in carbs for races and the whole idea is that that then turns into like basically jet fuel to your system and now all of a sudden like your body is like okay I'm rocking on these on this free fatty acid fueling and now all of a sudden we've got carbs too so now we're we're zooming off of that And I wanted to try to tap into that. Um, I did mention on my podcast yesterday that when you reach a certain intensity, your body automatically switches over to glucose fueling. And this is really where I went wrong with it, I think. Um, And I still don't know like every single detail of this, but I'll at least just give you what my perception is. So my understanding is that when you basically reach around 80% of your heart rate max, that is when your body automatically switches over to glucose fueling. It's like when you reach a certain intensity, your body's like, okay, we're no longer able to run on free fatty acids. We need to run on glucose. And the problem is that if you do not give your body adequate carbs when you're at that level, it will start to tap into stores that live within your muscles. So there are a few places that live, that uh, glycogen is stored within the body. The liver is a main area. Um, There might be some in the kidney if I'm remembering correctly, I'm not positive. But the liver's the main spot. Um, Muscles are another spot. And if you take in carbs, it pretty much goes right into the bloodstream and can be used before it's stored. So, really what I think that my big mistake was, was that I was underestimating the level of intensity that I would be either training at or racing at. And I did not have that paired with glucose intake, carbohydrate intake, uh, adequately enough. So all of a sudden, like my body would just tap into the stores of glycogen that were living within my muscles. And so now all of a sudden my muscles are getting depleted and everything is starting to hurt. And when it comes to like triathlon, it's just so cool. I think it is so awesome how much you just learn from experience. Like my first few triathlons, like I finished and crossed the finish line and I was like so dead. And in my mind, I'm just like, I don't know, it was a triathlon, of course I'm supposed to be dead. Like, what do I expect? (laughs) Like everything's gonna hurt. And I'm going to be completely crushed and exhausted, but like I did a triathlon, so dope. (laughs) And it really wasn't until Ironman 70.3 Worlds where I had a really good run and felt like I could have kept going that it dawned on me like, okay, it doesn't have to be so brutal. (laughs) Um, So that was just kind of like an initial little like unlocking within my mind that I recognized. But another reason that I was doing the low carb approach and more specifically why I was doing the strategy of not fueling before my race and then starting to fuel on the bike was under the assumption that if you wait about 30 to 40 minutes into exercise to start fueling, your body can leverage both energy systems. So that was the whole idea. Um, I forget the details of it, honestly. I think it has to do with the GLUT4 pathway is what it's called. But my strategy was basically like, okay, I am going to start my race and I'm not going to have any carbs before my race. So when I go into the swim, my body is going to need to do free fatty acid fueling and it's going to rely on my fat stores for fuel. And then, you know, after the 30-45 minute mark is when I will switch over to taking carbs in and all of a sudden now I've got like two energy systems whereas most people only have the one and when I think back to the fact that the swims in both of my 70.3s went pretty well and the swim at Indiana did not go well like that timeline just exposes that to such an extreme level like my swims for the 70.3s were 32 minutes roughly and my swim for the Ironman was an hour and nine minutes so it's like okay pretty much well under 45 minutes and then all of a sudden pretty much well over 45 minutes and when it was under it went well and when it was over it did not go well um so just generally that was like the idea of what I was trying to get at um (laughs) I'm really not doing any type of fasting anymore. Um, I'm really not going into any training sessions without fuel that day. Um, and I'm eating essentially right after each training session. Um, but I think that that gives a little bit, Jameson. We got another chocolate lab at the park here. Hi, how's it going? Great, Doing well, thanks. Jameson. <laughs> oh my God, two chocolate labs, amazing. Oh, was it a friend pig? How exciting, how exciting. Um, so yeah, those were kind of the ideas. I think that my big flaws in my approach were my heart rate going higher than 80%. So my body wanting to tap into glucose fueling. Um, the swim being significantly longer than that 45 minute range that you can kind of get away with. And, um, And in general, I still definitely support fasting a ton as just like a lifestyle type of nutritional approach, but I don't think it's necessary for somebody who is doing what I'm doing and trying to do as well as I am at these races that I'm doing, Um, but That's kind of all I got here. Hopefully that gives a little bit more detail if anybody's interested in the low carb thing. Um, Hopefully some of my mistakes can help you avoid making them yourself. Um, And if you have any questions, you know how to find me. Jameson, what do you think, buddy? How long are we going here? 14 minutes, that's perfect. 14 minutes, some low carb info, some fasting info, some glucose info. Here's who I would recommend fasting for, or low carb for, is somebody who's not doing this stuff. Um, I definitely don't think that carbs are bad. Like, I definitely, definitely, definitely do not want people to think that, but at the same point, I think that the carbs that most people have are bad. (laughs) Like, the the average person wakes up, has sugar in their coffee, has a bowl of cereal to start their day, which is essentially pure sugar and refined carbs. And then they need another sugared coffee at nine or 10 AM for a pick-me-up because all of a sudden they've crashed. Then they need something else. They need lunch coming up. Then it's three, you know, two, 3 PM. Oh God, I'm cra- crashing again. Need something else. Then all of a sudden, you know, whatever you go to happy hour, you get a surge of carbs from having a beer. Then all of a sudden you get dinner. Then all of a sudden You have some ice cream before bed, and it's like you've been flooding your system with carbs all day long, and those have been shit carbs. Um, So I think it's definitely worth it to play around with the low-carb approach um, just from a day-to-day lifestyle standpoint. Um, And if you're somebody who's like me and been a little bit of a fat boy um, and had a little bit of a difficult time putting the spoon down when you've got a tub of ice cream in front of you, Um, I think it's very powerful to really experience and feel that you do not need fuel around the clock. But at the same point, I am trying to go to Kona, so I need some goddamn fuel. All right, that's all we got. Take it easy.